Hey, welcome to Urban Planning is Not Boring. I'm Sam. And I'm Nat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Urban Planning is Not Boring, our second episode of 2024. And we have some really exciting guests on to talk a little bit about the American Planning Association, or APA, specifically the Inland Empire Division, who is going to be hosting this year's California conference in Riverside, which will be taking place in September. We have Tony Lopez, Ebony McGee Anderson, and Emily Elliott on to chat a little bit about what APA and the Inland Empire section are, the diversity division and young and emerging planners group, and then a little bit about the conference. So it should be a really great episode, and we are really excited to jump into this. Okay, sure. Well, hi, it's so nice to be on with you. Um, My name is Emily Elliott. I'm the section director for Inland Empire Section APA. So what we are is a local local group. The state is carved into eight sections um, and our geography really represents San Bernardino and Riverside counties. Um, And my task really is to just you know, help lead the board through its mission uh, for this year. And this year is a big year because it's the year we host the conference. But um, I'm a consultant. I work for a company called MS Engineers, and we're kind of brand new on the planning scene. But I've been working on consulting for about 10 years, and I've done also a few years in the public sector side and all fully within the Inland Empire. Amazing. Thank you. Um, Ebony, do you want to go next? Yes. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you all today, too. I'm Ebony J. McGee Anderson. Um, I am the director and founder of EJMA Planning and Development, and we are a boutique planning firm that specializes in controversial um, (laughs) type of policies. We do a lot of cannabis work, and so we have a lot of cannabis clients, both public and private sector clients. And I am the chapter's um, diverse or the section's diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. Awesome. And Tony? Great. Uh, thanks again, uh, Sam and for hosting us. Uh, yeah, I'm Tony. I'm an embedded planner based in Southern California. I'm currently an environmental planner with AECOM, and I serve on the executive board for the Inland Empire section as the co-chair for the Emerging Planners Group, where I kind of facilitate and create you know, resources for students and uh, young professionals. Thank you guys so much for sharing your introductions and it's really great to meet you and have you on. Um, So we just wanna jump right in and kind of allow our listeners an opportunity to have an overview of APA and the work that you guys are doing. So first and foremost, we just wanna know what the APA is or APA Inland Empire section is, um, what the Young and Emerging Planners group is, and then what the diversity division is in APA Inland Empire. Yeah, so APA or the American Planning Association is really the professional association that represents working planners, whether you're consultants or public sector planners. Uh, the organization is you know, really organized at a national level, but it gets broken down then to a state level and then within each state, you know, our own geographies. So as Inland Empire section, we're really two counties. Um, And our mission is really focused on providing networking and education opportunities for planners within our geography. Um, And I think that's a good segue into the diversity group and young planners group, because those are really two of our most active uh, committees on our board. 
Yeah, so for um, diversity, um, as the diversity officer and vice chair of diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, I spend a lot of time actually working with our state diversity group, um, putting on a variety of different um, workshops, lunch and learns, um, just community engagement events, outreach. Um, we do meetups and fun social things as well. Um, and our biggest thing that we do is put on the Diversity Summit, which is pretty much the second half of the first day of every conference. And we also have our Diversity Mixer, which is our statewide mixer that um, really promotes diversity. And we have all of our planners of color, our women, um, everyone, um, our LGBTQ community, everyone comes out for the Diversity Mixer. So we do a lot of social um, fun activities, but we also um, really focus on promoting policies that are equitable and opportunities for people of color and women in the space. Right, and the Young Emerging Planners Group, also known as like the Young, the YPG group, the YEP group, it includes students and uh, early stage professionals, so you don't have to be young to join it. If you're straight out of college, or if you're still a student, uh, this group is for you. Uh, this group connects the new generation of planners with you know seasoned professionals and open opportunities to meet uh, colleagues, to build your skills and volunteer. Uh, we focus on career development, uh, networking, we also kind of create a pipeline for leadership. Uh, we also provide advocacy for communities with these uh, emerging planners. And we also set up uh, this new generation planners to be certified with the AICP. That's awesome. I know we've sung APA's praises on this podcast many times, but um, just to reiterate, like I was part of uh, the YEP group when I was in LA. Um, haven't yet done it in the Bay Area, but I will do that soon. Um, and it was, I found it really, really helpful um, just meeting folks in a new geography and having access to resources and just different people's perspectives on career development and growth. Um, so as someone, you know, still in grad school and kind of getting ready to transition into a full-time job, I found it extremely helpful. Um, so thanks for all the work that you all are doing, not just YEP, I'm sure, um, you know, the whole section is providing a lot of value to folks in that, in that area. So I think, now we can jump into the conference, which is kind of the main reason that we all wanted to get together and chat. Um, very exciting that it will be in the Inland Empire this year. And I think there's a lot that, you know, in our previous conversations, we've talked about that you all are trying to kind of spotlight and do a little bit differently than past conferences, which is really great. So we can start a little bit with the logistics of just like what the theme, the dates, um, obviously I've said before it's in Riverside. So, um, that's kind of the location of the conference. And then we can kind of dive into that first question. In what ways does this conference align with the current challenges and opportunities faced by planners? And are there specific areas of interest or emerging trends that you're hoping to highlight at the conference? Yeah. So starting out with just the theme of the conference, uh, the theme is called Cultivating Our Future. And it's a bit of a nod to just the history of the Inland Empire as primarily like an agricultural um, and natural resources kind of area. Uh, and obviously, like we've really changed and grown and our communities are you know, vast and maturing. Um, so then what comes next for the Inland Empire? And so that's really our theme. Uh, as far as emerging trends and interests, you know, our program is going to cover a huge array of topics. And 
we really try to not set too many parameters on what those topics might be because we really want to hear uh, you know from our members of what is what is important to them now rather than us saying what should be important we want to we want to hear basically from the grassroots level of what's happening with planners on the ground um, but I think statewide and even in our community we're wrestling with things like the housing crisis. Uh, logistics is always a topic that seems to be synonymous with the Inland Empire and in a lot of places in Southern California. Um, and so I think those are things that we'll want to be talking about, but I don't know that we really will be dwelling or droning about them because I think we want to be really careful that like that's not all that the Inland Empire is. You know, we're just not a logistics hub, but we are communities. We've got, you know, technology and education um, as other prominent and upcoming industries here. Right. To add on to that, uh, the conference is four days long. Uh, the first day is usually the student day where we kind of highlight a lot of emerging topics for students and uh, highlighting Emily's uh, point on, uh, you know, Inland Empire, all the warehouses. Um, so one of the themes for the student day is the uh, environmental justice aspect of planning. So we're trying to, uh, you know, get some students to submit some proposals on environmental justice topics, social justice topics, and also um, some technology and planning. You know, AI is kind of getting big uh, in planning. People are using uh, more softwares. You have Urban Sim, VR. So we want to have uh, technology as well in the program for the student day. Um, another thing we're kind of highlighting for the student day is uh, having students kind of lead their own session you know, uh, showcase their capstone projects, their research, have some, you know, teach the younger students, you know, the lessons learned on their research, um, some strategies that they learned as well. But we also want to highlight some traditional planning topics as well. You know, the standard private versus public internship, uh, entitlements and CEQA. So we want to have a, a wide variety of sessions for the student day as well. And I think the other thing that we have been very focused on uh, for this conference is centering all, all of our sessions um, around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so um, the Inland Empire section is probably one of the most diverse sections. Um, the Inland Empire is a very diverse community. I mean, it's a huge landmass for enormous. And so you have some of everybody here. And I think it's important for planners to um, have policies that represent the diverse the very diverse communities that they serve. And so we are actually gonna do um, a lot this year, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit, but a lot around um, ensuring that our sessions have that quality of diversity to them. That's very important for the masses that will be attending this conference, as well as really focusing on getting sessions around equitable policies and plans. As someone who's gone to one APA California conference before, it is really refreshing to hear that, you know, there's going to be like a focus on young kind of minds coming and submitting abstracts and having sessions and like diversity, equity and inclusion, because, you know, planning and a lot of industries haven't always been like super inclusive and equitable. So it's really great to see that even these conferences, which can be feel kind of like intimidating to a lot of different folks is, you know, moving in a different direction of being more accessible. Um, so that's really exciting. I personally don't know too much about the Inland Empire. Nat actually is, you know, from San Bernardino County and went to UC Riverside. So I'm sure she's much 
more well-versed, but it'd be great if we could have a little bit, and Emily, you started to allude to kind of these trends in, in IE for, you know, logistics and stuff like that, but just a little bit about kind of what's going on in the Inland Empire right now, and if there's any like notable history about planning trends. Sure. I'll jump in a little and I, I'm sure there's maybe some things that I'll miss. And if Ebony and Tony want to rescue me, I'd appreciate it. But uh, like Ebony said, we're massive. Like just San Bernardino County is the largest county in the United States. And, but we also have Riverside, which is also in like one of the top 10 largest counties in the United States. So those two together, it's a huge area of land. But that said, most of the population is concentrated into the western portion. So think of the southwest corner of San Bernardino County and then the west side of Riverside County. Um, aside from not having any coastal access, we have a full range of environments within our counties. We have mountain regions, high desert regions, low desert regions, and then we have the valley regions. So uh, even when we're conducting any kind as planners, if we're conducting any kind of like, say, countywide study, you know, we really have to consider those distinct regions and they're all very different and not just their environment, but even the sentiments and opinions of the people who live there and their needs are very different. Uh, so it's definitely an interesting and exciting and challenging place to work just because there is so much uh, diversity Um I think like I alluded to before, you know, housing is a big deal historically compared to other places in Southern California, like the Inland Empire has been seen as like pretty affordable. Uh, it's easy to build out and build flat here because the land just isn't so expensive. Uh, and so we're seeing that now with especially with logistics and warehousing where it, you know, makes a lot of sense to, you know, acquire that land and develop it with logistics, especially in the context of having things like Interstate 10, Interstate 15, I-215, um, all going within our region. Uh, so those are some, you know, challenges that we're working on as planners and not just planners too. And I'm sorry if I'm going down the rabbit hole, but as you start to work on this, uh, there's a lot of intersection with colleagues that are planning adjacent and at the conference, uh, there'll be a big present for presence with uh, planners for health led by Miguel Vasquez. Um, and we see that so much here in the Inland Empire um, in terms of environmental justice and community health of just those intersections of land uses and how we thrive as a community. Um, but I'm happy to pass the mic over to Tony or Ebony. Well, I am an IE lifer. I'm born here, raised here. I will die here for short. Um, I absolutely love the Inland Empire. And um, I think one of the things that, you know, I think that makes it so interesting to work here is we have all the climates, we have all the politics, we have all levels of income, we have everybody um, and anybody, we have all the businesses, you know, we have huge big box businesses, we have warehousing, we have lots and lots of small business owners in the, in the Inland Empire, in the various cities, and we have various cities that have like their own personalities. Um, but one thing that, you know, the Inland Empire isn't known very much for outside of the Inland Empire, but very much inside is its arts community. 
Um, I was actually just appointed to the Art Commission for the City of Rancho Cucamonga, and there is a lot of work around community art and community engagement through art, and Riverside thrives. There's museums, there's a lot of art culture here, so I'm really excited to bring some of that to the conference as well. And we also have wine. Don't forget about that. <laughs> we have wineries here, which is really important and really fun. And I think as a very professional and serious organization, we really highlight a lot of the problem solving work we do. Um, but the conference will also include various mobile workshops that are really fun and engaging and really highlight some of the beautiful um, entertainment opportunities that we have here that goes into planning as well. Yeah, and to touch on both points, the Inland Empire is about to grow twice as fast as the rest of Southern California, I believe in the next 25 years, which is about like, what, 20% by 2048. Uh, so yeah, so the Inland Empire has a rich history. Uh, a lot of people from LA County, you know, seek to move east. So um, yeah, so one of the newest cities in California is Rupa Valley, which is where I lived for four years, where my dad and my brother live now. Uh, Rupa Valley um, is kind of not infamous, but uh, they do have a lot of super fun sites in the area. And so uh, the uh, Rupa Valley was one of the first cities to, you know, implement the new environmental justice element into the general plan uh, just to ensure, you know, the quality of life is up to par with the residents and they have a say as well. Um, so, yeah, we look forward for the student date uh, just to, you know, showcase Rupa Valley and how they kind of are resilient for that fact. This is great. Thank you guys so much for sharing all of this information. And as somebody who has, I actually, I live in, um, uh, in a city in the Inland Empire still, and I also went to school out in Riverside. I've always been a huge advocate for kind of screaming the Inland Empire out to the world because I do feel like there are so many underrated places in the IE. And I also think that there is just so much opportunity for growth, especially just kind of facing the reality that the population will continue growing in the IE. You mentioned and highlighted a lot of things about, you know, the cost effectiveness of living out here, et cetera. And so kind of planning around accommodating that future growth is so important while also making sure that we're embodying the whole point of, you know, urban planning, like the ultimate goal, which is live, work, play. So thank you guys so much for highlighting just some of the great opportunities that are coming. Um, and we kind of want to know when it comes to the um, the conference, what are some of the strategies or initiatives that are going to be employed to encourage diverse participation and submissions in your response to the call for abstracts? And we want to know how the Inland Empire section is going to ensure that there's inclusivity in the selection process. Natalie, that's a great question. And um, we have been spending quite a bit of time on figuring out how to make this um, a conference that is very reflective of, of the community. And so the diversity summit will obviously have a variety of topics and um and engaging speakers, but we are also looking for specific sessions that are going to dive into some of those topics that we've already um, kind of highlighted, like um, environmental justice and what it means to be a planner of color in, in, in this space. We are all very well aware that um, typically the planning sector isn't as um reflective of the actual communities that we are we are planning so i know i have contracts in cities that 
um, are predominantly Latino or predominantly Black, and the and, and the APA isn't reflective of that. We are very well aware of that. So what we are doing is we've had a subcommittee that will review some of the proposals to make sure that um, we have a diverse range of topics and we have a diverse range of speakers. But we also are doing something um, really cool for the very first time. We're putting on a workshop, a lunch and learn that will encourage um, potential ses sessions or speakers or proposals, folks who are interested in presenting um, the opportunity. We're giving them the opportunity to listen and learn some techniques and some tools and tricks and tips on how to get a panel of diverse speakers, who to reach out to. A lot of times we hear, well, we would have a more diverse pool of, you know, speakers, but we don't know where they are. Where are these planners of color? We are few and far in between. We are very well aware of that. Um, so we have a list. <laughs> we have a list of interesting people in very um, prominent positions, whether it's transportation or environmental, but we have found them and we have a list that we are going to share. So if you're working on a proposal on transportation, we have some folks that you can reach out to and get their very unique perspective, especially being women in this space and um, in power positions. It's very interesting how the dynamic plays out different from our male counterparts. So we want to hear about that. And we think that young planners and emerging planners and those um, in those professions that are adjacent to planning, um, anything that's doing community building, advocacy, all of those folks are really important voice, voices for us all to um, hear from. And so we're really making a point this year to reach out to those folks, to be very mindful of who we are marketing towards. Um, we really have put in a lot of effort to encourage students this year to not only come to the conference, but actually present. And I know that as being a young planner a very long time ago, um, it was very intimidating to do that. Um, you feel like, oh no, only you know the more experienced planners should be talking about those things. But the truth of the matter is young minds are really where we what we need to hear. We need to hear new, fresh ideas. And so we've created a um, proposal process that really encourages unique proposals and sessions. And so not just your, hey, come sit and get a lecture. It's we can have interactive conversations and dialogues and possibly even the podcast. So um, it's a really fun if we're really trying to focus on how can we um, open the book for opportunities for this conference and not just be limited to what we've done in the past. Yeah, and regarding some strategies that we kind of did this past year with the Emerging Planning Group, um, as Emily mentioned, the Inland Empire is pretty large. So we had a goal of reaching five different areas in the region. Uh, we first did it in Riverside and Ontario area. Then we did Temecula, the high desert area, as well as Coachella Valley, just ensuring that each region in the Inland Empire gets tackled. Uh, what also we did this year was we actually went to community colleges. Inland Empire, where we talk to a lot of community college students that are interested in urban planning, but are not too sure what exactly it is. So we have that we have speakers come out there and just give their story of their journey as a student, what they do now, you know, what their current profession is now and uh, what they look forward for like their day to day life working. Uh, so we try to, you know, just reach out to a lot of students as well, going directly to the university, going to the you know schools, campuses. And also going to different regions and just, you know, just highlighting the importance of the region as well as the planning topics. 
And I would just want to point out one other thing that I thought was really cool that we did this year that I haven't seen as much in previous years is we have our state um, DEI representative. Her name is Allison. She's been very involved in the conference and very involved with coming up with unique ways that we can promote um, equity and thinking about social justice and um, environmental justice. And so that role has traditionally been um, filled, traditionally filled by someone who, um, you know, wasn't as involved on the on the local level, it was more of a state role. So having having that state presence with us locally as we plan the conference has been very helpful in making sure that the things that we do this conference will be something that we can we can you know copy and paste for the future conferences. So we're really building that foundation on how do we change the culture, and I think that that's really important to talk about, especially as we talk about. Um, folks entering this profession, you know, changing the culture of how we move in this organization is really something that we've seen a lot of in the last few years. And so I'm really excited and very proud of the work that we've been doing on that level too. This is great. Thank you guys so much for sharing all of this information. I think it's extremely important to really highlight just not only the work that you're doing and that APA has been doing, but also just like you said, even kind of tying to the theme of the conference, but like looking ahead to the future, what is this going to look like moving forward? And I think you're incorporating a lot of really wonderful ideas. And so I'm really glad that Sam and I have an opportunity to just kind of highlight, you know, this conference and the work that you're doing. So I'm just, now I'm getting really pumped. I'm like, I yeah, was going to say that. I was going to say, I'm getting jazzed for this conference. Like I really yeah. get to go. Because yeah. we're definitely considering like submitting an abstract and like you were talking about that list of folks who would be interesting. I'm like, OK, I have to keep that in mind just in case. Yeah, we and yeah absolutely. <laughs> we're really excited for you all to participate, too. And I think um, one of the other things that we've been talking about on the state level is figuring out funding. Right. We, we constantly have this issue. We are like a nonprofit organization, obviously. And so um, we're looking at ways that we can fund more students to get to the whole entire conference. And so we're really looking at ways that we can help you all get there and stay there. We want to make sure that our students, traditionally, they've come for the first half of the con uh, the first half of the day. But we really want our students to stay for the remainder of the conference, have those wonderful networking um, activities actually at the conference, and then also be able to pair with more experienced planners on a one-on-one -on -one or small group basis so that you feel welcome and you feel, um, you know, like these are your, we're your allies here. We want to make sure that we're passing on that institutional knowledge, but you all are really burning, <laughs> you know, you're burning the torch. So we're really excited about, to have you all here and we're excited to find ways that year after year we can keep engaging young planners and, and just planners who are really interested in changing the system, right? And being advocates for their communities. We're really excited about that and fostering that within the organization more. 
Yes. And Sam and I are excited really just to highlight and showcase all of this. And so we kind of want to continue this conversation a little bit. And I think now would be a really great opportunity to hear from you all to see if you can share any success stories or memorable sessions from previous conferences that you've attended. I think our listeners would greatly benefit. I think it's an extremely important really just to highlight the work that's already been done. So if anybody wants to jump in, and just kind of share some of those highlights, we would really appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, I guess I'll go. But starting out first, I've heard a couple times now how uh, the word intimidation or intimidating, like in reference to being a young professional and the APA conference. And I guess I would have to agree because I was in that position too early in my career. But I would encourage anyone listening to work through that intimidation because it's really not as intimidating as it maybe it feels. And what's so lovely about the conference is you're going to have a couple of awkward icebreaker conversations with people this year, but then you're going to see them again next year. And those conversations get more comfortable and they become easier. And over the years of your career, as you continue to network and attend events like these, you're really building a great network of friends um, and colleagues that you know, you start to trust and collaborate with. And that's really the the intent of the conference. So please don't be intimidated and uh, do, you know, come to the conference and engage in those conversations. It's going to be so worthwhile, especially over the arc of your career. But I think something that's uh, memorable for me was maybe the 2022 National Conference in San Diego. Um, I remember early in my career going to a conference and kind of just hearing like, you know, oh, zoning, it's so important, you know, like it's like the core of what we, you know, administer as planners. And then there was really a change in sentiment um, at the San Diego conference. And it really felt like this critique writ large of traditional zoning practice. And so my takeaway from that was just how important it is to have constant like self-evaluation of our profession and our practices. And, you know, that's, a I think, a tradition that we're trying very hard to continue, you know, now and into the future. We don't always have it right. And I think as long as we're trying to constantly improve it, you know, it's really the best that we can do. I agree with that, Emily. I love that for us, too. I really do. I love that we're willing to be transparent, see where we have failed and said, OK, we got to do better. And I think there was a time when, you know, past generations didn't always do that. So I think it's not getting it right. It's being flexible to move, you know, to fix it. And I, I love that for us. Um, but my plan, most plan, memorable planning um, conference was probably um, a few years ago where I actually was a, a speaker at the diversity summit. And I will tell you, I was very transparent with, with my experience. So um, I'm sure I, some feathers got ruffled, but I had people crying at the end of the session coming to me in tears and especially a lot of women and, and women of color saying that they had these exact same experiences and they were experiencing um, a fear of continuing in the profession because there's not a lot of support or they didn't know how to communicate these things to their, you know, their peers and their colleagues. And so um, I think that was very memorable for me because sometimes you feel like just like you're intimidated to speak at a conference or to talk to everyone at a conference, you think it's just you. Um, and so it is so important that we have these sometimes very 
difficult conversations um, because you never know who you're going to inspire and encourage. And so I think that that was my most memorable because I felt the impact. And I know sometimes as planners, we feel like we just rubber stamp all day long, especially if you're in if you're in current planning, it's like one vermin after the next, after the next conditions, and you don't always feel the impact. And so um, it was really nice to finally like feel the impact of why it's important for us to be here. And just what, just like, it's really important that we had a black little mermaid. It was really important for people to see my face. And so I, at that point I realized, okay, it's really critical that we all um, share our stories so that we can also be a support for others too. Absolutely. Thank you both for sharing those experiences. I, you know, have not been to many conferences yet, but very different experiences, but still I think show just like the range of value that you can get from a conference and that you can get from networking and going to these events and meeting folks on the note of intimidation. Like I, when I went to the one, I think it was in 2022, I would, I like didn't talk to anybody. I was like, I, I'm here with my friend and we are going to stick together. And I don't know how to approach anyone. Like I, I, I'm just a student. What am I doing here? And I feel like looking back on that now, I'm like, there are some missed opportunities there, but it's okay. Like I was learning, like it is, it can feel very intimidating when everyone's walking around in like a suit and tie and you're like, ah, um, I implore people, if you are interested, like try to push past that. Like there's a lot of young people around and people do, I think most people do genuinely like want to talk to younger people and talk about what they do or how people are faring in school. And just like, I don't know, I think people generally are interested in talking. So. All right. Yeah. And that's one of our strategies that we are trying to tackle as well. I know it's kind of overwhelming to be a student going to a conference. So one of the things we're trying to do is have some kind of mentorship program where we pair students with professionals uh, for the student day, as well as providing some, you know, different colored bracelets for students that go to different universities and having some different, you know, social engagements where you have to meet different schools or even or even having different uh, interests, such as like, you know, urban design, transportation. You just, you know, cross, you know, cross each other, meet each other and just uh, get to know each other better. And then from there, you, you know, you feel more comfortable. Yeah, and I think another thing we're trying to do, too, is provide more um, diverse networking opportunities. So not just our traditional mixers, but actually having engaging things that we can do um, that looks different than, hey, here's my business card. And we found that, especially in communities of color, networking looks different, right? It's not always the same. And I can say working in the cannabis space, you had a, I had to ditch that suit very fast because it's not the culture, right? And so I think um, I make it a point sometimes not to, to just overly professional because it makes you more approachable. And I think that that's something that we have, um, it has come to our attention and made us mindful of. And so I think um, one of the strategies for this mentorship program will be that, you know, kind of making it a little less formal so you can feel more comfortable and engaging. I guess I'll offer one last little piece, maybe of advice, but at the conferences, everyone gets a, a lanyard and a badge and there's little stickers that we get to put on our badges to help differentiate our interests or, but 
those are such great icebreakers. If you just ask anybody, oh, where are you working? Or what do you do at XYZ City? Generally, people are, they want to talk about their work. And it's just an easy question to ask. And it can really just get the door open to a bigger conversation. Absolutely. I definitely should have done that more. Um, it's, it's really such an easy way to like break the ice. Um, I feel like the next question, you know, talks a lot about like collaboration, networking opportunities. And I feel like we've kind of talked a little bit about that. I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to add on that topic, but I think also like more generally, we wanted to end with like a really like, what can people look forward to at this upcoming conference? I guess like an elevator pitch of like, this is why you should come. This is why you should be excited type of thing would be great. And then we can kind of go into this call for proposals and timeline and all that logistical kind of stuff. Yeah, well, Riverside is an exciting place. And if you haven't had the chance to go to downtown Riverside, I'm willing to wager that it's not what you have in your mind. Um, like Ebony said, it's a huge arts community. Um, it also has a ton of history. Uh, if you're into historic architecture, it's awesome. If you're into food, downtown Riverside is awesome. Um, if you're into technology, it's going to be cool. And the city is, should, or I should say, should have some autonomous people movers by the time our conference is there. And that should be involved with our conference. So that will be fun to check out. Um, we're working very hard to showcase as many of the features of the city as we can, including uh the Cheech Art Museum, which will be worked into our opening reception. Um, but I know Ebony and Tony have some specific things in store to make it exciting. Well, one thing that I'm excited to promote is our Diversity Summit. It's going to have a different um, structure than we usually have every year because we are pulling in sessions around the Diversity Summit keynote. So that's going to be really fun to tie it all in together. And then, of course, um, I, I low-key feel like the social chair as well, because I like to do all of the fun things. But we are having our di annual diversity mixer, which is usually very well attended. It will be a lot of fun. We typically have it somewhere where we have music and drinks and food and just a lot of fun. So I'm really excited for um, that experience, those two experiences as well. Yeah, and for students and early stage professionals, I really encourage you guys to go out to this, this conference. Not only will we be providing some, you know, professional sessions, but we'll also be prov uh, providing social engagement activities. I know that uh, one of the streets will be closed during the conference and we're, you know, working on a tactical urbanism kind of exercise for that street for the conference. Um, and then also on Sunday, we'll be having some kind of career development career fair where we'll be providing some, you know, resume workshops, interview workshops, and having firms, you know, providing their shop opportunities, maybe a chance for an interview as well. So we're kind of highlighting uh, a lot of career development for this conference, but um, also highlighting the social engagement aspect. This is wonderful. And I am really so excited that this is going to be held in Riverside. I don't think I can really contain my excitement enough because I've always thought like, you know, 
know, people from LA are always like, oh, I don't want to drive all the way out to the IE. But I always think like, that's how I feel about driving into Los Angeles. But then you get there and you're so excited. Like there's so many things in Los Angeles. And I feel like that's the same way. Like there is so much to do in Riverside. It's such an underrated place. So I'm really happy that the conference is going to be held there. Um, so again, just thank you guys so much for all of this information that you've been providing. And um, I think we just want to jump into our kind of last and final question, which is the advertised call for sessions and registration. So for our listeners, what is the best way for interested individuals to stay updated on APA, IE and California events? Yeah, so if you're not already, uh, make sure that you're on the newsletter distribution list for the state chapter. That's really where most of the conference information will be coming from. Uh, so you can go onto the state APA website um, and get added to their list. Um, we will be kind of reiterating some of that, but the really the appropriate channel is all of the pertinent information coming through state chapter. Um, but you can keep an eye on our LinkedIn page for the Inland Empire section. And we also have social media accounts uh, that we'll keep updated too with conference information. Um, but the call for sessions is now open. It closes in early March. I want to say March 3rd or 4th. Um, so start now. It does take a little bit of time, you know, get your panel together, kind of flesh out a, a topic. Um, but we'd love to review it. Um, we're so excited to see what kind of submissions we get and really what the flavor of our conference is going to be. Yeah, and just to jump on what Emily said, uh, the the call for sessions is up now and it goes until the to March 4th. And there won't be any extensions this year. So make sure that you get them in. And if you're interested in participating in the um the work, the lunch and learn, it'll we'll have information posted about that probably mid-month um, or in the next week or so. And also pay attention to our Instagram because um, I'm also serving as the publicity chair. And so we are doing a lot on Instagram because we know that students and younger professionals, you know, use Instagram and text more than emails. <laughs> so we are going to do a lot on there. We're going to have interact interactive uh, conversations on our Instagram. We will have polls and studies on our Instagram and cute reels and fun, interesting information. So if you're interested in participating, Tony is your resource for that because he's going to be looking for young planners and um, a lot of students to participate in some of the engaging uh, content that we want to put out for the conference, both prior to and during the conference. So keep in mind that there are opportunities for that as well. Yeah, and students are really encouraged to submit some proposals, but our Instagram handle is Inland Empire APA. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out through the DMs, which is fine. We're more than welcome to answer your questions. And also LinkedIn is a good resource for our section as well. We'll be providing a lot of updates on that as well. Amazing. Well, thank you all for taking the time to chat with us. Um, we're really jazzed about this conference and just the work that y'all are doing to make it um, accessible and inclusive and equitable. So definitely we would love to keep this conversation going and as it gets closer, um, have you all, you know, chat about what, what is going on with the conference. So thank you all. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Urban Planning is Not Boring. If you did, please remember to send us to your friends and follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, guys, urban planning is not boring. No, it is not.